Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 23. 2 Samuel chapter 23, and we'll start reading it, verse 11. This is the, uh, the, the writer of 2 Samuel uh, talking about the mighty men of David. In verse 11, the word of the Lord says it this way. And after him was Shammah, the son of Ag the Herorite. And the Philistines were gathered together in a troop. Now notice that the enemy of the children of God were together. The devil don't have any problem getting his troops in order. Amen. They were gathered together to fight against the children of Israel. Where was a piece of ground full of lentils. Amen. Somebody say it was full. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he, talking about Shammah, or Shammah, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great Victory. Amen. Everybody else ran. Everybody else fled from the Philistines. But to Shammah, that field was valuable. Come on, that meant something to him. And he took a stand in the field. Amen. I want to preach to you today on this subject. It's time to take a stand. Amen. It's time to take a stand. If you believe that, why don't you lift your hands to the Lord and just ask him to speak to you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, ask him to speak to you. Lift your voice. God, I need a word from your mouth. Lord, I pray that you would help the pastor today. Come on, pray for me. I pray, Lord, that your anointing would flow unrestricted and unrestrained without limitation, God. I pray that you would anoint every eye to see, every ear to hear, every heart to be understanding of your word. Loose your word for this hour, for your church, for this people right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would speak, God, with a voice of thunder today in this house, Lord, that it would impact all who hear here in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. Amen. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. In the story in 2 Samuel, the Bible talking about a certain man by the name of Shammah who had had enough. 
Amen. Have you ever been to the place where you have had enough? Amen. You ever been to the place with the kids? And they're acting a fool. And they won't obey. And you say, hold on a minute. Hey, Mike. Hey! I have had enough. Right? I've come to the place where I have reached the limit. Amen. I've reached the limit of what any more that I can take. I have had enough. Come on. There are times in our lives where we reach a point where we have to draw a line. Amen. There comes a time in the life of every person where you have to draw a line. Somebody say, it's time to draw a line. It's time to stand up. Come on, it's time to take a stand, dig your heels in, and say, I'm not backing down, I'm not leaving, I'm not moving, I'm staying where I'm at, I'm not turning back on my convictions, I'm holding on, I'm standing where God has placed me. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, ground in the Bible, uh, a lot of times uh, we read the stories of the Old Testament and how that how many know in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, when God told them, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat thou of, thou shalt surely die. Amen. He said, if you obey me and don't eat of that tree, you're going to be just fine. But the moment that you eat of that tree, you disobey my commandment, you shall surely die die. Amen. How many know they ate of the tree? They exercised their own right, their own will, their own power to choose. Amen. How many know that God has given us a power to choose? Amen. We have the power of a choice. Every day of our lives, we make thousands of choices. What we're going to eat, what we're going to look at, what we're going to put on, where we're going to go, what we're going to do, the thoughts we're going to think. Come on. The, 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 the words that we're going to say, everything that we do is a choice. Nobody's making you do what you do. Amen. Amen. Stop blaming other people. Amen. Somebody look in the mirror right now. Hold your mirror up. Everybody do it. Look yourself in the eye. Stop blaming other people. Come on, tell yourself. Tell them it's not somebody else's fault. Come on. It's not you might have been through hell. You might have been abused. You might have been through uh, hard circumstances and situations, but you still have the power to choose. Come on. You still have the power to rise above it and be better than it. Come on. And not submit to it. You still have the power to choose. Amen. When they fell in the garden, death wasn't the only thing that passed upon uh, or wasn't the only thing that came to mankind. How many know there were curses that were passed down by the, the actions that were made by Adam and Eve? How many know that the curse, the earth was cursed? Does everybody know that, that the earth is cursed? Amen. Some of us probably never looked at it that way. But the earth was cursed because of the decisions that Adam and Eve made. Amen. And the Bible says in Genesis 3:17, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it 
all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles also shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. God was telling them that because of the decision that was made, there was a curse loosed upon the earth. And now the earth wasn't just going to bring forth fruit in abundance. It wasn't just going to bring forth good things. It wasn't just going to bring forth that which was of substance and that which could bring good to their bodies and to their lives. Now it was going to bring forth thorns and thistles. It was going to start bringing forth things that would grow in abundance but had no value. Come on. It would, how many have ever tried to cultivate a field or a garden? If you've had a garden, raise your hand. Amen. If you go to a piece of ground that's been left for years, nobody's watched over it, nobody's tended to it, nobody's taken care of it, uh, you go into that field, there's going to be a lot of things growing there. Amen. There's going to be a lot of seeds that have blown into that field and that have taken root and have begun to grow. And I want to tell you, if it hasn't been mowed in quite some time, there's not going to be anything of value in that field. It's going to be weeds. It's going to be thorns. How many, how many have ever dealt with the mallaflower rose bush? Man, it's a, it's a pain. I'm telling you, if you leave it, it'll take over. Amen. And it has little white flowers in the spring. Some people say, oh, that's real pretty. It's not pretty. Amen. If you've tried to pull them up out of the ground or work around them or cut them down, you're going to get some damage. You're going to damage the plant, but it's going to damage you. Amen. You start working around thorns and thistles. Amen. How many know that brings pain and suffering to our flesh? Man, you start trying to push through. I remember we're going on a trail, and it was in the dark, and uh, the field was all grown up with thorns and thistles, and Luke's driving. We're on a four-wheeler, and my legs are hanging out, and I can't see what's coming, and he just barrels through this big mulliflower and just rips the, the hide off of me, off my knees. I'm like, oh, slow down. Let's go back and get all my skin and half of my pant leg. Amen. They're dangerous. Amen. But when men, man sinned in the garden, that was loosed upon the earth. Thorns and thistles. If you've ever tried to raise a garden and you understand that weeds grow so much faster than everything else. You'll have ten weeds to one little tomato plant. And you'll be pushing aside all the weeds and so the that little tomato plant can get some sunlight. Amen. How many know if you just plant something of value and you just leave that field, when you come back, there's not going to be something of value in it. Amen. We have to understand that in our hearts and in our lives, we are able to produce that which was not purposed of God. How many know that thorns and thistles were not in the original plan of God? Amen. They were loosed upon the earth when man sinned. How many know that when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, that 
death came upon all men, the Bible says, for all have sinned. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned after some way, shape, or form. Amen. If you have not sinned, raise your hand. Good. There's an honest spirit in the house. Amen. We've all sinned. We've all done things wrong. We have, we have all uh, of, uh, done things contrary to God's word. We have all done thing, knowingly done things that were wrong. We've all knowingly done things that we knew in our mind's eye and in our spirits that they were contrary to God's word. He that knows to do right and does it not to him, it is sin. Amen. And so all of mankind fell up under the curse. And some of you are looking at me like, well, how does this affect me? So the ground, right? Somebody say the ground's cursed. I remember uh, going into the field and mowing and brush hogging the field out at Becca's mom and dad's. It had been left for some years. He had gotten hurt and sick and and couldn't do any of the work. And when we got there, the mulliflower rose and the weeds and, and all that had taken over the field. And we mowed down the field. We mowed it. We mowed it all and cut down everything, the good stuff and the bad stuff. Amen. We had to cut it all. We had, sometimes you just need to start over. Amen. Sometimes there, need, there needs to be heartfelt repentance. Amen. How many know that that... That when we come to God, we got to be willing to turn that field over. Come on, we got to be willing to lay it all down. We got to be willing to let God insert the plow and turn all of that over and turn it over so that it can die. Plow it under and, and cut down everything that's growing in the field. Because when a field's left uncultivated or untouched by the master's hand, anything and everything can grow in that field. And somebody in this house just needs to start over. You just need to make up your mind. Uh, there's too much uh, negative there's too much sin there's too much bad there's too much that I've allowed in my life I just need to plow it under I just need to turn it over and start planning afresh amen, amen. elbow your neighbor and tell him start over it's never too late to start over Come on, it's never too late to get your heart right. It's never too late to let God have his will and his way. Because those things that are growing on the inside of you, that was not the purpose of God. You have left yourself, left your field untouched and uncultivated by the master. And if you would today submit yourself to the word of God, kneel yourself into an altar of repentance, God will restore you, refresh you, tear out the weeds, and begin to plant some things of substance in your life. Somebody say amen. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus speaks a parable. He speaks a parable. He says, a sower went forth to sow. And he sowed some by the wayside. He sowed some seed on stony ground. He sowed some seed on thorny ground. And he sowed some seed on good ground. Somebody say good ground. The seed's looking for good ground. Amen. The wayside was uh, a ground that was hardened. It was a, it was a path. 
It was a, it was a place where anybody and everybody could walk or go. Amen. Has anybody ever tried to grow grass uh, in a place where people walked all the time? My, we have a, a lab dog, and, and she, that's her domain. And she makes circles around the house. And it don't matter how much grass seed I plant. I cannot grow it where she walks. I'll go and I'll try to dig it up and throw seed on it just to get a little bit of grass growing in those areas where it's been worn down. But how many know she's not going to quit walking there? It's just going to get trodden under her feet and killed. It might start trying to grow, but it will not be uh, soft enough to take root. Amen. We have to understand today that if we allow anything and everything in our lives, uh, the word of God is going to get trodden underfoot. Somebody say amen. And then there was stony ground. Stony ground is rocky ground. It's hard ground. You, you throw seed on ground that's got a bunch of rocks, and it will not grow. How many know in order for that, that grass to grow on stony ground, there's got to be some digging? Somebody say amen. You got to set the plow. You got to dig out some rocks. I remember when we were planting a garden for the first time up on the hill. And it's a, it's a, it's a rock hill. Amen. You... You could try to dig a post hole and you can't get that deep. How many tried to dig, dig a post hole? Amen. You need a you need a spud bar. <laughs> Busting through the rock, right? And then you pull the rock out in order for that ground to be uh, a valuable or able to be able to grow something. You got to dig the rocks out. Amen. It's unprepared. Amen. And the, the ground was thorny ground, was, was ground that was grown up, ground that had so much other stuff growing in it. Uh, you throw that seed in that ground and it will not be able to get the sufficient amount of sunlight and sustenance because everything else growing there will overpower it. Amen. But then the last type of ground was good ground where the Bible says the seed was sown and it took root and it began to grow and it brought forth fruit abundantly, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Amen. What is the difference between all the different types of ground? The last type of ground was prepared ground. Amen. The first three types of ground were ground that weren't cared for. They were unprepared for seed. They were unprepared for something of value. They were not ready to receive what God had for them. But the last type of ground was good ground. It was prayerful ground. It was ground of a good and pure heart before God. It was a ground ready and prepared for the planting of the Lord. Somebody say amen. And Jesus began to give the, the interpretation of the parable. He said, the seed is the word of God and the field is the hearts of men. Amen. How many know that our field, the ground of our heart, it's got to be prepared so that God can do what he's purposed to do. I just want to tell you today, the things that have been growing in your life is not the purpose of God, not the will of God, not the plan of God for your life. You need to plow that under and let God begin to sow purpose in your life again. Somebody say amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're nothing but dirt.
Now, hold on a minute. Some of you took way too much joy saying that. Now apologize to them. I'm sorry. <laughs> now tell them, look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm just a pile of dirt too. Amen. Add some water and you'll be mud. Amen. Amen. Whether we realize it or not, we are ground. He told Adam, from the dust you were taken and to the dust you shall return, right? You were taken from the earth and you're going to return back to the earth. You are earth. Amen. You are earth and you have the, the, the ability to bring forth whatever's planted in your life. My Bible tells me he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. I want to ask you today, what's being sown in your field? Amen. Think about it. What are you producing? Are you producing heartache, sorrow, depression, sensuality? Come on, think about it. What are you producing? Adultery, fornication, amen, uh, uncleanness. What are we producing? Lust. Come on, I know it's getting quiet. Nobody wants to hear this. Amen. But if you sow seeds of lust, it will, it will ultimately bring forth fruit of adultery and fornication and uncleanness. When we sow seeds of the lust of our flesh, it will ultimately bring forth fruit of sin. And sin will produce death. What are you producing? Amen. What has happened in your life? What is out of control? Amen. What is out of control? There comes a time in your life where you need to take notice. The things that are happening in my life are not somebody else's fault. But they are things that I have allowed. They are things that I have made a choice to allow them to enter into my mind, into my heart. And I began to put my hand to do what is unseemly. Come on. I began to do things that I know are contrary to God's word. Anytime you know to do good and do it not, to him it is sin. And sin will ultimately produce death. The Bible tells, my Bible tells me that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What are we planting? Amen. What are we planting? Elbow your neighbor and ask him, what are you planting? Do you even know? I can tell you today that, that if your field is overrun, with thorns and thistles. Come on. Things that are damaging to us. If it's overrun with the cares of this life. If it's overrun with the desire for riches. 
and power, if it's overrun with the desire to fulfill the lusts of your mind and of your flesh and of your eyes, you are overrun with thorns and thistles. Amen. There comes a time when we need to put some effort into our lives. Amen. How many know that God's will is not just going to happen? We just think, well, the Lord's going to take care of it. I'm just going to keep living and the Lord will take care of it. No. That's not, that's not going to happen. Amen. At some point, there needs to be a conscious decision. Amen. There, there needs to come a time in our life to where we draw a line and we say, hold on a minute. I have had enough. Amen. I have had enough of the devil running rampant in my life. I have had enough of the wages of sin. I have had enough of depression and anxiety. I have had enough of the destruction of my family. I have had enough of no peace and no sleep. I have had enough of living in poverty and not having any money. I have had enough. It's time for a change. Come on. There comes a time, if you're tired of it, you got to begin to hate the harvest that you're reaping. Amen. In order for somebody to want something different, you got to begin to hate what you've become. Oh, that's hard to hear. Amen. That is hard to hear, but you got to begin to hate it. You got to begin to hate addiction, hate drugs, hate alcohol, hate sex up outside of marriage, hate adultery. Come on. Hate fornication. I hate depression. I hate the darkness. I hate it. I hate what it's brought into my life. And I need to kill it. Come on, somebody needs to kill some things. Somebody needs to turn them over, needs to crawl into an altar of repentance and say, Lord, I give it to you. I've tried to do it my way. The thorns and thistles have overrun my life. I can't get free from it. I can't overcome it. I lay my heart down in an altar of repentance. I'll give it to you to do with what you want to do with in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Somebody say, plow under that field. That means kill it. You're killing everything that's living in that field. How many know that repentance is a type of death? Repentance means to change your mind or turn around. Amen. Change your direction. When you repent, it's a type of death. You are dying out to yourself. You're turning over your field. You're laying it down unto the Lord. It's fresh and new. When you get up from an altar of repentance, that heart of yours is fresh and new. Somebody say fresh and new. But how many know that if you leave that field, after you plow under it, and you leave it for a little while, and you don't do some work in it, and you don't plant some good things, all that stuff's just going to come back. And I've heard people say, well, I've come and I've repented and I've even gotten baptized. But my life's still a wreck. Well, because that's not enough. How many know once that field is turned over, you've got to take care of it? Because if it's left unattended, the same thing that was in it will begin to grow again. 
And you got to pull those things out. It's time to weed the garden. Amen. You got to pull it out. Whatever pops its head through, if that's not something that's valuable, if it's not something that God has sown in your life, you got to uproot it. You got to pull it out. Whether they're friends or habits or things you watch or places you go or things that you wear. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching to anybody? Amen. I made up my mind. It's not going to run rampant in my life. My life's going to be a life of value, a life of value and substance, a life fruitful in the things of God. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Then you start planting the word of God. One seed at a time. Amen. How many know if you plant good seed? It's going to bring forth. Now, if you plant a, a, a tomato seed, what is your garden going to produce? Very good. Very good. That's a profound statement. It's going to produce what you plant, right? When I, when I plant corn, I can't pray for tomatoes. God didn't answer my prayer. I prayed for tomatoes. What'd you plant? Come on. Because you're going to grow what you plant. The law of sowing and reaping is, is real. Amen. Amen. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. And if it's starting to grow in your garden, you need to be aware that seed is being planted or that seed is being allowed to flourish in my life. If, if something is growing in your life that you're not pleased with, you need to take notice and understand that's my heart that it's growing in. There must be something in me that's allowing that to grow. That's not somebody else's fault. It's my responsibility to look at what's growing in my garden and begin to pluck it out by the roots. Not in my house. Somebody say, not in my house. It's my responsibility. Amen. It's not going to grow in me. And so we plant the good and we pluck out the bad. And I know that it seems simple this morning, but we need to put some practical application of the word of God in our lives and understand whatever I'm sowing, that's what I'm going to get. Whatever I'm planting, that's what I'm going to receive. If you want to grow in prosperity and peace and, and flourish in the wisdom, knowledge and understanding and revelation of who Jesus Christ is, you got to plant the word of God. You got to get in the word, live it, love it, and it will grow in your life. Hallelujah. Somebody say, God's word is the seed. And the seed is not the problem. Amen. It will bring forth after its kind. Amen. I'm preaching hard. We have to realize that living for God takes work. He said, by the sweat of your brow, there's going to be a lot of stuff in you that tries to grow. 
There's going to be a lot of stuff that tries to take root. There's going to be a lot of things that try to, to take over your life. And if you let it, they will. Come on. There needs to be some intentionality. Amen. We need to be intentional about what we're sowing. Come on. Amen. We got to be intentional about what we're watching with our eyes. Hear me, church. We got to be intentional about what we're hearing with our ears. Amen. How many know that when something goes in through our eyes, it's processed in our brains, it takes root in our hearts, and it becomes part of who we are? Amen. If we're watching things that are contrary to God, what are we going to produce? If you're having trouble having peace, turn the news off. I'm serious, man. There, some people say, well, I need to stay up with the times. No, you don't. No. How about quit worrying about what's happening, happening in our world and get in touch with the news flash of what's happening in the kingdom of God? Come on, how about getting in prayer and find out what God's doing in the earth? Come on, how about getting in tune with the word of God, the plan of God for your life? Turn that crap off. I'm tired of it. It's garbage. Lord, forgive me for saying crap from the pulpit. It's garbage. Somebody say it's garbage. And most of it's lies. It's propaganda. Come on. We need to turn it off. Turn it completely off. Don't allow it into your eye. Don't, don't let it fill your heart with fear and anxiety and depression. That's what they're trying to do. They want to fill you with fear. So you'll do what they want you to do. Turn it off. Get in touch with God and say, Lord, what's happening in the kingdom today? When I wake up, Brother Terry, and I crawl into my altar of prayer, and the Lord begins to speak to me, he's letting me know this is the word of God for my kingdom today. This is what my spirit's doing today. And it never brings with it anxiety and darkness and depression. It always brings with it peace and joy in the Holy Ghost and complete and total fulfillment. Amen. Turn it off and get a word from the Lord. God is still speaking. Elbow your neighbor and say, God's still speaking every day. Amen. I got to get where I'm supposed to go. It's getting late. Every morning in your prayer closet, there's a kingdom flash. Amen. A word from the Lord. Bread from heaven. Come on. Manna from heaven that's come down to fulfill your day with him. Give to me today my daily bread. If you only seek God once a week, then you're going to have peace once a week. Come on, somebody. How many know if you watch the news and entertainment and whatever every night of your life and you never, never seek the face of God, then you're going to have more anxiety, depression, and fear than you have peace. But it's up to you today. It's time to make a choice. I'm going to turn it off, and I'm going to turn his voice on. I'm going to turn the voices of this world down, and I'm going to...
turn the voice of the Lord up in my world. Somebody say amen. Amen. Brother Trent was telling me every night Colton goes to bed with, he, he bought, buys CDs by the handfuls and he puts them in a, a CD player in Colton's room. And while Colton's a, a, getting ready to go to sleep, it's my voice preaching. Some people might think that's good and others, you know, might not. But I'm the man of God in his life. Amen. And so every night, that's what he goes to sleep with. Amen. Does he have nightmares? No. He come to me, he said, Pastor, you're my favorite preacher. I said, thank you, Jesus. Somebody's being reached. Come on, somebody's being touched. Come on, we need a voice of God in our life. Come on, we need somebody to tell us no. We need somebody to tell us stay away from that. We need a, a preacher with, with some gumption and with a backbone that will stand up and say, it's sin, it's wrong, stay away from it. Eternity is too long and hell is too hot to just let ourselves go. And whatever comes out of it, that's what's going to be. It's time to take a stand for what God has for our lives. Amen. Somebody say amen. Shama. Shama was in a field. It was his field. This field might not look good to you, but this is my field. Amen. It's mine, Matt. I've taken ownership of it. Boys, that's your life. It's yours. For you to do with what you want. You can stand up against authority and say, nobody's going to tell me what to do. You can have that attitude. But I can assure you one day, it's going to lead you down the wrong path. And you're going to produce things that you never thought would happen. Amen. And you're going to get to a place that you never wanted to go. You need to hear this preacher today. I'm not just blowing smoke. I'm not just up here just to pass the time. I have a word from the Lord for you. It's time to take ownership of your mind and of your heart and say, not in my house. It's not going to happen. Come on, my brothers and sisters have been racked with abuse. They've been racked with addiction and alcoholism, but it's not going to happen to me. Amen. It's not going to happen to me. This is my house. You have a say. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You have a say in your life. You have a say. Amen. It's time to exercise your right and speak up on behalf of yourself and your eternal soul. It's my life. Somebody say, it's my life. When 
I stand before God, I'm going to give an account unto Jesus Christ at the white throne judgment of how I lived and how I operated in my body, in my house, in my field, what I allowed to grow and how I decided to live. I'm going to stand before Almighty God and I tell you today, you will melt in his presence. You will kneel at his authority and you will beg him. Salvation's not for then, it's for now. Man, I can't get away from it. Shama was in a field that he owned. Man, forgive my passion today. I feel a word from the Lord for somebody. Shama was in a field that was his. He owned it. Lentils. Things of value were growing in that field. You know what that tells me? That tells me that there was some work put into that field. He dug out all the bad stuff. Come on, he dug out the thorns and the thistles. He ran the plow and dug up all the rocks. Come on, he, 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 he cultivated that field, cared for that field, fertilized that field, planted good seed in that field. By the sweat of his brow, by the work of his hands, took ownership of that pre-piece of ground and decided this piece of ground is going to bring forth that which is going to bring value to my life. But the enemy, the enemy sees you at work. He sees you praying, Carol. He sees you, Mindy. He sees you seeking God's face. He sees you planting the seeds of God's word in your life being faithful to the house of God and obedient to the voice of God in your life. He, he's watching you. But when harvest time came, when it came time for them to finally reap the fruit, for them to get that thing of value that they've longed for, when they've gotten right on the cusp of their deliverance. Amen. It's, it's fruit for the picking. It's ripe on the vine. The work has been done. The prayer has been made. The, the faithfulness has been kept. Come on. Obedience has been sowed. And the fruit is there. And here comes the enemy. Rushing in. To take that which is of value. And so I ask. Myself some years back in the Lord in prayer. Why at harvest time? Why is it at harvest time? Why did the enemy wait till harvest time? And so I began to ponder. And the Lord showed me the answer to that question. Some years back, for the first time in the place where we lived, we planted a garden. And man, we had tomato plants. 
40 of them. Yeah, we like the natives. Amen. Hot peppers, banana peppers, green peppers. That's my favorite. Any of you garden planters, if you want to bring, bring me a little treat. I pray that you'd give them fruit in abundance so they can bring pastor some. Corn, sweet corn. We had everything in there, man. Everything that we liked. And we we watered that garden and we 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 weeded that garden on a daily basis. We spent time and energy and effort in that garden. And we have a what we like to call a pest problem. The deer where we live. You know, I, I've I've contemplated going on a killing spree. Man, they'll eat everything. Flowers, Becca planted. What's that bush called that you planted? That we planted out by the road that the deer ate. The hydrangea bush. You know they eat hydrangeas too. I didn't know that was in deer diet, but it is. In Ohio, anyway. And so when the when the the plants begin to grow, we started spraying what we call liquid fence what they call liquid fence around it. They assured us that the liquid fence would keep the deer from getting your garden. And so I got it from, we got a big thing of it from Home Depot and, and we mixed it up and I, darn right it's going to keep the deer away. It's, it smells like death. So there's death in this can. And we're spraying that on our plants. What is well, they assured you that it's, you know, it's not going to hurt the plant. It's not going to hurt you. It's, it's safe. So we sprayed it on the plants and sprayed it around the garden. And you had to do it every day for so many days. And then you could leave it for a couple weeks and not do it for a while. Because once the deer come around, get a whiff of it. Say, wow. You know, that's. But you have to, every so often, you got to go back and. and and so the, everything was growing good, man. We were getting ready to, uh, the tomatoes were on the vine and they're getting, they're turning like orange, almost, you know, ready to, to, to harvest and peppers and uh, uh, cantaloupe and watermelon, Luke. That dude would eat a whole watermelon by himself. I'm talking about, won't you? <laughs> well, it was time for us to go on vacation. And so when we were leaving and when we were getting ready to get back, it was borderline when we should pray. And we're rushing around and I'm coming home from work and uh, I got, we're packing and we're leaving that night and, and I just didn't have time to do it. And I said, it'll be all right. It's only a couple days past the, the limit. We got home the night that we got home from vacation and I ran out to check the garden. bed. Well, that night, they ate everything. I don't know how many deer there were. They ate tomatoes. They ate peppers. 
Did you know deer eat peppers? What kind of deer eat peppers? I bet they're having some stomach aches. They eat the cantaloupe, the corn, everything was gone. There was a couple half tomatoes laying on the ground. I'm talking a lot, a lot. It was all gone. Completely gone. And you know what I said? I'm never planting a garden again. You know why the enemy wants to come at harvest time? That's right. Because if he can steal that which is of value, he don't care. And necessarily, if you go to church, if you read your Bible, if you pray, but if you never get what you need from God, if you never get that fruit, that deliverance, that, the, that, that thing that you really need from the Lord, there's going to come a time he comes in, runs you out of church, runs you off your harvest, runs you away from God for a month or two, and you come back and you got to start all over again. There will come a time where you say, that's not worth it. I'm never going to get what God has for me. It's never going to come. It's never going to happen. He wants to tire you out, wear you out, so that you don't get the plan and the purpose of God for your life. The devil is a liar. I have made up my mind. I'm not running. I'm not leaving this field. I'm staying in the field. I don't care how many devils. I don't care how many enemies. I don't care what comes, come hell or high water. I'm taking a stand in my field. Stand with me all around the building. Lift your hands to the Lord and say, the time has come for me to take a stand. I'm taking a stand in my field. This is my field. This is my field. I'm taking a stand. Come to the music, please. I preached my heart this morning. Brother Jesse, the time has come. Carol, it's come. The time's come. It's time to make up your mind. It's time to take a stand. The time has come. Today is the day where the line is drawn. Joshua. took the children of Israel out to the valley of Shechem. The valley of Shechem was the valley of decision. It was between Mount, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. It's the land where Abraham bought land or gave it to Jacob. Jacob's well was in the valley of Shechem. How many know when the, women came, when the woman uh, came to the, the, Jacob's well, Jesus was sitting on the well. That was an indication that she had come to the valley of decision and my Bible tells me that Joshua went out to the valley of Shechem in the name of why don't we lift our hands I'll tell this story in a moment Uncle Tim could you come to the piano please Joshua took the children of Israel out to the valley of Shechem, which was the valley of decision. 
between Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. Mount Ebal was the Mount of Cursing, and Mount Gerizim was the Mount of Blessing. Everybody try to focus on me if you can. Joshua went through and he read all the curses in the law. And he had half of the people stand upon Mount Ebal. And he said, if you live contrary to God's word and you don't follow his law, your life's going to be like Mount Ebal. Can everybody focus on me? Mount Ebal was desolate. Mount Ebal had no life. It had no wildlife. It was rocky. It was stony. It was hard. It was, it was void of all life. No water. Nothing of value. And then he turned to Mount Gerizim and half of them were on Mount, the, the side of Mount Gerizim. And he said, if you do and obey the commandments of God, your life will be like Mount Gerizim. Flourishing with life. Flourishing with everything that you need in this life according to the commandment of the Lord. And then he made a statement to the children of Israel. And this statement just rings in my spirit. In the, in, the, in the prayer room this morning, I couldn't get it out of my spirit. Joshua looked at all of them. And he said, choose you this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, feel that? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Basically what he was telling them, I can't control what you decide to do. That's up to you. But I've already made up my mind before I got here this morning. Come here. Where's my family? Luke, come on. Becca, come on. We've already made up our minds. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to let God plan in me what he wants in me and do in me what he wants. I want the blessing of the Lord upon my life. I want my life and the life of my children to flourish like Mount Gerizim. I want the hand of God to mold me and make me into the vessel that he has called me to be. But I realize I have a choice. I have a choice and I'm choosing him today. I'm choosing him. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.